0: And welcome to Smash, a podcast of Gin and the 4077. I am one of your illustrious hosts, Ian E. Muller.
1: And I am your other host, Ellie Collins. I haven't even started drinking. I was gonna say, did you forget your last name for a second? I forgot my last name for a second.
0: (laughs) And um, well, today we are talking about season one, episode four. Chief Surgeon Who?
1: And as always, we are drinking gin. What are we drinking today? What brand is it? I don't that? know. I left
0: the bottle in the other room because it's out, we're, it's empty.
1: Oh, I think we're still drinking <laughs> it's the same one Old we Fourth drinking
0: Ward. At. It's the same one we started drinking on episode one. Yes. Yeah, so but we a- just, we, we killed it in four episodes. <laughs> there was also like a month in between recording episodes because we both got sick and yes. uh, <laughs> we, I had a few gin and tonics here and there. So. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, that was Old Fourth Ward gin. Yes. Uh, again, not sponsor, but hey, if you like gin.
0: yeah it's pretty good uh i am drinking it um in the driest of dry martinis in honor of this episode where i poured about six jiggers of gin it's actually less than that because like i said we emptied the bottle um while looking (laughs) at a photo of lorenzo schwartz (laughs) the inventor of vermouth
1: and i'm having a was it strawberry daiquiri You're uh,
0: you're having a gin daiquiri yes
1: I feel like that's got to be an actual drink. Like,
0: someone I'm sure someone somewhere went, I have daiquiri mix and gin, fuck it.
1: Which I feel like is just my life.
0: <laughs> I have X and Y, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, that's valid. Anyway, I'm gonna swill this gin.
1: Well I never swill. Anyway. So um Yeah. This episode starts out. It still is like weirding me out watching back through this and seeing them so young. Like oh, especially yeah, Frank. Like I didn't realize how much Frank ages. Like he
0: goes gray very because he's only. I mean he's only in four, six seasons. Yeah, six. And, and he ages super quick. Alan Alda he pretty goes much gray just by goes by four, like four.
1: Yeah, Alan Alda grays, um, Hawkeye grays, but like Frank ages pretty quickly. L-
0: yeah, he does. It's and, interesting. He also puts on some weight, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, Which, yeah.
1: Which, speaking of Frank, that $35,000 house. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Fancy and
0: two cars.
1: <laughs> and I'm just thinking about, like, my God, the the inflation. Yeah. Like, our house is easily ten times that. Actually, a little more. Uh, yeah. But this feels like a house Frank would brag about having. Like.
0: Yeah. Uh, his house is probably smaller than this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just thinking about like inflation is wild. Inflation, that like, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, like, yeah.
1: hearing him brag like, I have a thirty-five thousand dollar house and two cars. And meanwhile,
0: your average low-end car costs thirty-five thousand today. Right. <laughs> so, right. oh Jesus, you all right? Uh,
1: yep, got a pocket of gin right there. <laughs> uh,
0: I did. I did stir it.
1: Did you really, though? G- all right.
0: Giving us some nice foley. <laughs> um but yeah no this one is this is this episode to me always feels like where they finally catch their stride like this feels like mash to me
1: yeah this feels like the first real like mash episode like what we come to love mash being yeah yeah
0: like it's interesting like you said because we watched through the entire series recent, very recently and then came back to the
1: You stirred it, but it did not mix.
0: (laughs) Now it's mixing, and you're like, oh, too much gin? No. (laughs) Oh, you're just getting Uh, a a lot of gin in the bottom?
1: No, I got, like, a lot of strawberry syrup at the bottom, so I was like, oh, I'll pull my straw up higher, and it was just straight gin.
0: (laughs) I will, I'll I'll break the shaker out for your next one. We'll get it all nice and mashed together. Uh, But no, um, it's interesting to me, because this episode feels more like later seasons mm-hmm. do but still doesn't capture like it doesn't have the same gravity and to a lesser degree doesn't have the same commentary that a lot of the later seasons do that they really hone in on so it made interesting the show so good that. i on. think
1: this episode has some interesting commentary it
0: does it does because I, mean, I said to a lesser degree it doesn't have the same commentary mm-hmm. uh, but the earlier seasons were so endearing that they really capture you
1: yeah like, um, I think it's interesting that they address Frank's incompetence um, by by way of showing how quickly medical knowledge changes. Mm-hmm. That, like, Frank w- had a private practice that he was working to build. Yep. And he's still doing everything very much by the book, how he learned it. Yep. Which a lot of doctors do. But then you have... Pierce who was working in a hospital which is arguably a more fast-paced environment yep. you have to alter your knowledge a lot quicker yep. so it showed that sometimes Frank's incompetence likely comes from just being in a different environment and it's yeah. an interesting commentary on medical so like I would think an ER doctor has a lot more up-to-date knowledge than a general practitioner
0: yep but Frank is proud of being thinks that it's better to be a general that's all just just frank
1: (laughs) yeah frank frank thinks it's better to be in private practice but he and in this episode he will get to it later uh frank actually does have to square with the knowledge that you know he is lacking because he didn't have that front of the lines yeah uh
0: it's interesting Uh, so I, i was thinking about this in a sense of, and this isn't even just specific to this episode, but today people in the medical field are much more specialized than they were back then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I was thinking about what specialties the cast would go into. Uh-huh. Frank would be a plastic surgeon.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because
0: he'd be like, oh, that's where the money is. Yeah. Pierce would still be a surgeon. Yeah, He'd I still think... be like an ER surgeon.
1: I think Pierce would be... Um... Honestly, probably, like, a uh, trauma surgeon. Yeah. Like, I think Pierce would have a hard time pulling away from, from Meatball because that would be, like, where he thrives. So trauma surgery, those, like, immediate emergency surgeries. Yep. I think he would stick with that.
0: Yep. I, and I think, I feel like Trapper would probably just be a general practitioner.
1: <laughs> Trapper, would, Trapper would be that general practitioner that you go to because just everyone else in your family went to him, but you really don't like him. (laughs) This episode kind of reminded me that I don't like Trapper because, yeah, He's just, I think I actually have in my notes, it feels like they, when they built this show, they thought Trapper was going to be the runaway success main character. Mm -hmm. And then Hawkeye was just kind of the dark horse. Like Mm. Hawkeye came out, everyone fell in love with Hawkeye and Radar and Klinger. And they were like, well, we got Trapper. Maybe if he makes like some more quips, he'll be more interesting. He just kind of comes off obnoxious. Like... Yeah. Trapper in this episode just feels like he's a parenthetical on everything Hawkeye does. It's it's like fucking <laughs> Sorry, Jin. Uh it's like fucking Timmy and Tommy oh, from yeah. Animal Crossing <laughs> where Hawkeye makes a joke and Trapper just echoes it at the end like Like that just feels like his character like he's just Tommy to Hawkeye's Timmy. There. But but he's written like a main character. Yep. And he,
0: he has episodes where he stands out. I mean, hell he has Not his, to me. <laughs> he has his own spin-off show. Different actor plays Bleh. him, but I didn't like it. Trapper M D. <laughs> yeah, know. Anyway. To, back to talking about episode four. Um I like this episode a lot. Like I said, I I feel like this is the episode where they really come back, they they really catch their stride, it makes Mash what Mash is. Yeah. Uh but talking about Frank being just a piece of shit in this episode, he he pfft, Ironically, because he did serve, he is the perfect depiction of stolen valor. Yes. Like lying to his patients about what is going on and what he does at the mash, mm-hmm. setting that like making himself look good. It's like, oh, stolen valor. There it is. Okay.
1: And so the the interesting thing about that too for me. Is I think that this episode shows that there are shades of Frank in Charles. Oh yeah, totally. That shows a growth in the writers by replacing Frank with Charles. Because it shows that they learned what made Frank a good foil against Trapper and Hawkeye and BJ. Mm -hmm. um, And was able to remove him and take what they learned and put it into a newer character who could grow in a way that Frank couldn't Frank stagnated in a very bad way which I hate because this episode he grows he asks Hawkeye for help at the end yep. and actually accepts it yep and Frank could have been on a good trajectory if he had done that but they committed so hard to him being two-dimensional that
0: a lot of the characters in these early seasons are caricatures that and they're written that way and they the, they get written into a hole where they don't know how to grow them out of it they
1: Clinger, but i feel like frank- is
0: that way for a really long time yeah. until he gets basically rewritten into a slightly more nuanced character
1: yeah but i feel like frank is the only one that they stayed that commitment level with it and then just went we have nothing else with him we're gonna ditch him bring in a new yeah. guy that is what we needed frank to be but is what frank couldn't be yeah makes um makes sense and this episode just kind of showed a lot of that, like, like not quite to the stolen valor level, but I can imagine Charles writing that same kind of letter, like bragging about himself, not intentionally lying, but bragging yeah. about himself. Charles, it, Charles's it,
0: version. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, just like bragging about himself in a way that yeah. that you go, that's kind of bullshit, Charles.
0: Yeah, Charles version wouldn't be outright lies. It would just be like. You are making this sound much more grandiose than it actually was. Because yeah. of the way he talks and writes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Um, I, I liked in this episode that, um, uh, my gosh, I lost his name. That. Blake? Blake. Yeah. Um, actually acts like a CO.
0: Oh yeah. This is the first one where he actually has to take that responsibility. Cause like, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about, I like that the, Impetus for Hawkeye becoming chief surgeon is Frank trying to press charges against him. Yeah. And Blake going, there is a solution to this, which is to give Hawkeye power over you in surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so that you can't complain about him. Exactly. He, he, he acts like a real CO in order to get out of having to act like a real CO. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: even just the way that he uh, takes charge of the situation because he becomes such a goofy goon later on. Mm-hmm that like this is one of the few times where you see him go no this is how we're doing things yep like he actually like grows a pear yeah. in in this episode mm-hmm. and it's like oh thank god you're not just sitting around talking about fishing you did something yeah. but every every Blake episode i love the actor love yep. him respect him rip uh but every episode <laughs> makes me miss potter <laughs> yeah because like i can't help but look at episodes and think how potter would have handled it
0: which is a which is a very fun way to look back at it
1: yeah and just like see how situations would have changed like like how would how would charles have handled this situation how would potter have Mm -hmm. handled it you know
0: well and even an interesting comparison through all that is this in this episode we see margaret misusing supplies to bleach her roots yeah. Something later season Margaret would never do.
1: Yeah. And and it's actually an interesting um thing too that never gets addressed again is the idea that Margaret has to peroxide her roots mm-hmm. means that she's not a natural blonde but yep. she's a blonde through the rest of the show. Yep. And hair bleach was absolutely a luxury that she wouldn't have been given Mm -hmm. and we never address again they bring it up a couple times like they they jokingly call her not a natural blonde yeah but we never bring up the upkeep she would have to do on her hair because they're there for how many years like
0: well in actuality like three yeah but i mean (laughs)
1: think about how much you would have to touch up your roots at three years oh yeah and this is the only time we really see that Mm -hmm. and i thought that was interesting i like notated that i was like huh Mm-hmm. Margaret's actually because that is how you had to bleach your hair um, back in the day when you couldn't get bleach, was hydrogen peroxide. Because I, which remem- they would have
0: had plenty of on base.
1: I remember doing that to my hair when <laughs> I was a kid. I, I, because somebody told me that you could uh, peroxide bleach your hair. So mm. I did it on like the tips of my hair when I was like 12. <laughs> And it was horrible. My hair was so fried. Like yep. Margaret, do not do that. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if if your hair color is uh, committing to the bit, yeah, if your hair color is that important to you, I guess.
0: Final final thought in the earlier half of the episode for me, anyway. Um, it's just the <laughs> Hawkeye dresses like I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Just like walking in in his box there's a t-shirt and a bathrobe. I'm like, ah yes, if that's a mood.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's interesting that Hawkeye accepts the chief surgeon position happily. Like having the goofy little party, mm-hmm. act you know, acting a fool about it yeah. because it feels like later season Hawkeye would have been very upset. By it he would have accepted it but you know it's that bob is that bob belcher i'll do it but i'm gonna complain the whole time
0: well what's funny is i mean
1: he just treats it more like cavalier
0: yeah and the party is making fun of it but i think one of the differences in why he accepts it that way is in the early seasons he is clearly the best surgeon in the camp yeah he is the best doctor there versus he's not the best doctor in the later seasons, Charles yeah. is arguably a better doctor. He's just not as good at, at tra- being a trauma surgeon. Yeah. And BJ and Potter can both hold their own.
1: Well, I mean, also, so, it's the Hawkeye in later seasons, the war tears him down so much that yeah. he doubts himself a lot oh, more.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, and, has, and they,
1: like here, really well. like here, when you have. Like he is very obviously the best, but also he hasn't been broken down by the war yet. Yep. So he's like, yeah, I'll take Chief Surgeon, whatever. But yeah. later season, Hawkeye would have seen the gravity of it for what it was and not felt good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. Um,
1: I also appreciate that they started it with started his little party with ladies and gentlemen and anything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because.
0: It's an oddly progressive statement for a show being recorded in the seventies, yeah. Because
1: yeah, because it's it's definitely treated like a joke, but not like there's a loud car driving by. (laughs) Um, But it's not treated like a joke like people would do it today.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that it's. I mean, even in the same scene when he's walking up, like someone grabs his butt. Yeah. And he turns around and it's not a look of like who did that. It's like, "Oh, hey." <laughs> yeah. And it was clearly one of one of the male. <laughs> yeah. Like... And
1: And I have that too about Klinger that it it's interesting the jokes about Klinger never feel and this is going to sound weird to say, but they never feel like disrespectful of Klinger. Like when Klinger shows up naked mm-hmm. and they say, you know, or like put, forgot, a dress on. put a dress on or at least a slip. Yeah. Like the joke isn't that Klinger wears women's clothing. The joke is that Klinger is naked and my God put on some clothes. Yep. And they're just referencing the clothes he normally wears. Yep. The dress wasn't the joke. Yep. And, and it's so, it's so weird to look at modern media today because I don't feel like that joke would have been treated the same way. I don't feel like Klinger would be that Klinger wearing dresses wouldn't be like it feels like it's not as big of a deal. It's just they have all accepted that this is a part of Klinger. He's doing it to yeah. get out, but they're not like Frank's really the only one who who acts up about it.
0: It's it's almost in a sense it's a joke made in good taste. Yeah. Like it's made in good faith. They're like there's This is a perfectly reasonable thing for someone who wants to get out of the army to do. Like, Mm -hmm. he's not being... Yes, he's... And they're not... He's trying to, quote, get out on a psycho, which there's problematic parts to that, but... Yeah. Ableism, yay. But (laughs) they're like, yeah, you're not crazy. This isn't crazy behavior. We get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, and so they just kind of treat it whatever... And I feel like on this show, even if Klinger had said, you know what, dresses have been good for a while now. I, th- I think I'm actually just going to be a lady. They would have been like, all right. Like, if that's what you want. Yep. You know, I I feel like the way the show is written, they would accept him. And that an, that's like, I always say everything's really interesting. That's how I know I've had alcohol. Um, but
0: uh, <laughs> there is actually an episode where someone offers... Uh, to recommend him for gender reassignment surgery, and he's like, "Wait, what? I'm good. Nope. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like,
0: I'm just a cross dresser."
1: <laughs> but, uh, but it's it is that like oddly progressive for the time where you're like, "Huh? They, the, where the joke is pointed is not where you would expect if this was made today." Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if Mash was made today, which it couldn't be, as we've discussed. Yeah. But if Mash was made today. Klinger would be such an offensive character mm-hmm. because they would not treat him the same. I don't think writers today get that kind of, yeah. uh, get that kind of nuance and delicate balance of yeah. how to treat a character like Klinger.
0: Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Cause even in the, in the, even in the episode where someone says, Oh, you know, I know people who have done gender reassignment surgery. She's serious. She's like, Yep, pretty normal thing that we do in Sweden.
1: Yeah. She's like, I got you, boo. <laughs> yep. Um I really liked that I I appreciate any time where Hawkeye's insubordination is in the face of intelligence. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like when um when the general is is yelling at him during the poker game and he actually recites off a very well thought out medical plan. Yep. That he winds up following anyway. Yep. But, you know, he's reciting this well-thought-out medical plan while saying, like, I raise, I can beat a pair of twos. Yep. Like... He knows
0: exactly what he's doing. He's not going to let the general convince him otherwise because his plan is the best course of action for the patient. So he's not going to take being told he's wrong seriously.
1: Yeah. And and it shows good writing on the show that they balance that scene so well where, like, he's saying all this stuff and you're like... Okay, like if you were watching this back then on TV, you'd be like, okay, he's got, he's saying what he's doing, but he's also playing poker. And then it hits you when they're scrubbing in, and he's like, well, now that all of these conditions have been met, now we can do surgery safely. Yep. You know.
0: He, he had to wait for the patient to stabilize so he could actually do the procedure properly instead of rushing through it to make sure the patient didn't die.
1: And that's a good show-don't-tell writing mm-hmm. exercise. You know, he didn't he didn't get uppity with Barker and say, I know what I'm doing because we have to do this so that he stabilizes. He did not have to explain himself yep. or advocate for himself. He just said, this is my care plan, and that is the only thing I'm doing.
0: Yep. And then he does show off a little bit because it's Hawkeye.
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> of course.
0: Uh, but I think that... One thing I wanted to note before that, when during the um, party, when he's being, Mm -hmm. you know, elected chief Mm -hmm. surgeon, he always manages to bring situations like that around to be very heartfelt. Yeah. And how important the people there are to him and to each other.
1: And then immediately undercuts himself because he's uncomfortable with it.
0: Yep. (laughs) It's always interesting.
1: Yeah, it is very interesting that Hawkeye is is a very feeling character and he he very much brings up like emotion and he loves everyone and cares about everyone. But the second that silence hangs after he has said something like that, he's super uncomfortable and he has to cut it immediately. It's like he's comfortable with expressing gratitude and love, but he's not comfortable with receiving it. Yeah. He, he's not comfortable with people feeling the same about him. He just wants to express love and gratitude and everybody move on.
0: hmm And. You're all wonderful people. Now forget I said anything.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which mood. <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone. Forget I said that.
0: Yeah. But no, I think. Well, I've said it a couple times. But this this episode very much feels like this is what I love about M.A.S.H., and the this is what informs a lot of the writing decisions as the show progresses. Mm-hmm. Like this theme of caring in the face of adversity, even when that adversity is the stupidity of Frank.
1: Yeah. Well, and um, this episode is kind of the first one that we're really getting. Um, one of the things I always liked about M.A.S.H. is that the gravity of the medical situations doesn't um, doesn't really like buck the comedy they don't feel like oil and water yeah they flow very naturally together mm-hmm. and this episode was a good show of that like they're like you said they're really hitting their stride with this episode kind of figuring out that balance um and they they have a couple stumble episodes but like this one feels like where they're really starting to strike that. That sweet spot that we come to appreciate M.A.S.H. for. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. But that's episode four of season one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got through this one a little bit quicker. Yeah, Uh,
0: this is like this one's hard to like really dig into because for me anyway, because it's very focused on. The growth of the characters mm -hmm. and. It's hard to talk about that without talking so much about later seasons. Yeah. But.
1: The early episodes are kind of. It's also a thing that. Um, that I'm realizing as we're rewatching it. That the latter ap- episodes. Who. Latter apps. Who. Uh, the later episodes. Kathy's and Sando's. We, No. <laughs> uh. The later episodes, we are going to have a lot more to say because the later episodes were a little more narratively complex. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, these early episodes, I'm kind of realizing re- re-watching them that they're very basic. They're very yeah. they're very cut and dry. The plot could be summed up in like two sentences. The show is a
0: lot more shallow in early seasons, which is like
1: That's the word I was looking yeah,
0: for. But it's still very endearing, which is why it was so successful and gave them the room to grow into being having a lot more gravity to the stories they're telling and a lot more social commentary.
1: We're just going from a strawberry cake to a hummingbird cake.
0: I do not know what that means, but yes.
1: A hummingbird cake has more complex flavors, but it's still cake. Okay. I'm going to have to educate you on hummingbird cake as Apparently. soon as we're done. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. I, uh, I'm yeah, i going to wind up making a hummingbird cake.
0: <laughs> no, I have to run to the store and buy more gin. So.
1: <laughs> well, then get ingredients for a hummingbird cake then.
0: <laughs> okay. But anyway, like I said, uh, we record these, like we've said before, rather, we record these in three-episode chunks. Because it's interesting to get slightly more uh, Smashed for episode <laughs> Hey he said the name of the thing um,
1: Ding roll credits
0: So I have been your host Ian E. Muller You can find me online On Twitter at Ravenos Since I said on Twitch at Ravenos At the end of the third last Terrible. episode yeah
1: we had too much Ooh, gin
0: We had a lot of gin um, <laughs> And um yeah <laughs>
1: thank you for that expert ending I have been your other co-host Ellie Collins you can find me on Twitter at Ellie underscore a underscore Collins Uh, and you can find both of us on Twitch view just like generalized gaming we have a channel called Sugar Axe Gaming where we just game together as a weird couple trolling each other with our favorite games yep Um, but yeah we're we're gonna mix some more gin maybe make a hummingbird cake and or at least put a hummingbird cake in the oven and we'll Uh, be
0: back for episode five
1: yeah all right we'll see you guys then